What, what theater did you go to? Towson, dude. Of yeah, course. Right. Stop telling me a good theater. Stop going there. I don't know, right. dude. I would give it a try again. I used to really enjoy that theater. But again, back in the day. Saturday right? night, dude, 6.30. There was, like, it was barely open. It was a disaster. There was a mess everywhere. There wasn't, like, any, you couldn't, there was no snacks, no food, nothing. There was, like, no one probably should the bar there either. No, I, I always want to. Yeah, I always want to grab a beer there, and it's all I, I just kind of make a big deal out of it. And I, just yeah, I said it. this when I yes. went to saw Wakanda Forever. I went to the bar, ordered a double a Jameson, and they just poured it and walked away. I was just like, "What is going on?" I was you like, have what to, "You have to find <laughs> people at the Towson Cinemark to help you. Yeah, and they don't want terrible. to be found. It's terrible. Like, yeah, like I'm, not, I'm definitely not an alcoholic, but can you walk over here to this bar and like <laughs> ring me up for this? <laughs> it's like a major selling point to the theater. Yeah, so, though, certainly, right? They have the they bar. Have a bar. That's what makes right? it fun. Welcome to 53. episode 53. 53. 53, man. Been doing to, it. I don't know any athletes with a good number 53. I'm trying to think. That's all good. Um, we have a good uh, buddy of ours, Jake Luke. We've been uh, tracking him for a long time. Um, he does uh, some Ravens podcasts. Uh, Exit 52 is kind of where he's at right now. But Jake, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing behind the mic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Exit 52 podcast. You can find us. Uh, we're covering Ravens. We do a little bit of Orioles too, some general interest, uh, Baltimore area stuff. Uh, started out with SB Nation, Baltimore Beatdown. So, you know, yeah. podcast about the Ravens for, you know, four years, I guess that was. And that uh, that came to an end uh, earlier this year. So joined up with some other guys, Eric Arditi, Brian Black, Taylor Smythe. And then it's me and my co-host or my former not former, but my, my co-host that I was with, we both went and joined up with those guys. Uh, and yeah, we've been doing that for a little over a month, maybe at this point and, uh, been loving it. So Hell yeah. welcome, man. Welcome. That's awesome, dude. And you guys, you have kind of known those guys for a while, right? The dudes that were on exit 52, were they ever like, they were featured on some of the, uh, older show stuff, right? Or did you guys ever yeah, overlap? Yeah. So yeah. So they are, uh, Eric and Brian are both, uh, barstool bloggers. So Eric okay. has the mm. Orioles for them. Brian does Ravens. And then Taylor was a friend of theirs and he actually works in the university of Maryland social media department. So we had Eric and Brian on our podcast because Eric is a Titans fan, weirdly. So we, oh, wow. we had him on to talk oh, wow. when the Ravens and the Titans would meet up. And, you know, there, there were some big games, obviously, there. And then uh, Brian, we would have on to just talk Ravens and general stuff. And, yeah, just struck up a friendship. And then when uh, it got announced that our podcast wasn't going to be continuing with SB Nation, Brian kind of reached out and said, hey, what do you guys think about joining up? You know, this might be a good good opportunity to start something new here, kind of, you know, freshen things up for both of us. So we, we jumped at it. Nice. That's great, man. Congrats, man. All right. So before we hop into all the uh, fun Raven stuff, we're going to pop the top on this uh, bottle of Old Elk. Now, I know, Jake, obviously I can't get this to you. Um, You always have to take our word for it. Are you a whiskey (laughs) guy? Do you like what's your uh, preferred uh, drink of choice? Yeah, it's interesting, man. I'll, I'll pretty much drink anything. I, I'm more whiskey like when it's a little colder out. So, you know, okay. you get that fall kind of winter. I like to break into the brown stuff. I, I'm a little bit more tequila guy these days. But yeah, like it's funny. Okay. My, my brother-in-law is big into the whole bourbon scene. So every couple, you know, whatever the occasion is, I feel like I get a, a bottle of bourbon from him. So I'll get some like nice stuff. And like I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a connoisseur or anything, but I feel like yeah. I've had some good stuff and uh, I'm an appreciator at least. Yeah, yeah we, we got go. a bottle there of makers go. right yeah. over there, which is uh, okay. maybe a little shameful. But. No, dude, that stuff, that stuff's great. We love it. Um, I agree. I'm not as big on bourbon and whiskey in the uh, warmer months, but we've kind of committed our show to it. So yeah. we just have to ride it out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah, we're we kind just of in a position where we're yeah. stuck with it now. Um, but 
I'm going to pass that down to you, Courtney. You can start pouring yourself some. Um, I have Thank never, we, we generally try to do bottles we've never had before. Um, and this is not any different. We've never had this before in the show. The only reason I picked it out, to be honest, was because it has a very interesting uh, top on it. It is supposed to be reminiscent old, of old a elk. uh, of an elk's horn. It kind of looks like it's elk horn. I don't think it really is. But is it? there you go. You can check that out. And that's. Uh, this is plastic. Yeah, probably. Very much so. All right. So we'll pass that around. We'll get some tastes going. We'll see how this goes. We'll uh, revisit uh, later in the episode. I love Jake, so I'll pretty much drink anything. <laughs> no, hell yeah, dude. I love that. All right. So let's dive into uh, just w- let's talk some Raven stuff real quick. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, you know, your area of expertise. Now, I'm going to be honest. I love the Ravens. I track with them. Big NFL guy. Uh, my I don't like my knowledge is not as deep, obviously, as like yours or anybody who like tracks it like super closely, for example. Um, but I really enjoy it from like the outside. So I'm going to ask probably some dumb questions, but help, hopefully you can help educate us a little bit. Yeah. And I know the Lamar thing has been kind of beat to death. Everybody's really been like hammering that home. So we'll probably touch on it at some point. But well, we want to. We talk about some other things too. But the latest stuff, I th- it's still, yeah. I feel like it's kind of, I would love to get Jake's point on it because I feel like it still kind of plays to it. Sure. So without diving directly into Lamar just yet, um, one question that I had for you I thought might be a fun fun spot to start would be, is there, amongst all of the Lamar drama over the last couple of months, is there something that the Ravens have been doing or have done that doesn't get the press or doesn't get the notoriety that it should like, I've, I mean, there's obviously all kinds of things happening all the time in the organization, but I feel like the media really focuses on the Lamar thing. So is there something that you feel is like people should be like dialed into a little bit more or like, do we miss something in like yeah. the chaos of it all? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, and it's kind of a tough one to answer too, because they haven't really had the bandwidth to like make a lot of moves with what's going on with this contract situation. And like, you know, I think people, when you hear that, they think I'm making an excuse or like, Oh, they should have locked him up earlier. That kind of stuff. It's like, not really. I'm just saying that like, that's where they're at right now for whatever the reason is, that's where they are. They, they can't really do a ton in free agency. Uh, so there hasn't been a ton. I mean, funny enough, like it's easy to forget. They had the whole thing with the, uh, grades come out for the athletic. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, that article oh, it was pretty bad. where it was talking yeah. about, you know, the, the different, you know, facets of organizations and stuff. And the Ravens got like an F or whatever it was with the strength and conditioning. Yeah. So finally they got rid of Steve Saunders. I think it was probably too okay. late. Their strength, their controversial strength and conditioning coach who, you know, he spread COVID in the locker room back in 2020. Jeez. He didn't get fired then. And then guys like Derek Wolf are going elsewhere and talking about how this guy is just working you until you can't walk. So they, they made the, uh, the improvement there. I think it was maybe a little, a little too late for some guys. I think Rashad Bateman voiced some frustration yeah, uh, on those fronts. Fun, yeah. And there was just, there was a lot of ugliness with this off season, but it feels like we're maybe finally coming around the bend of that a little bit. And I guess we'll have to see what happens with the contract, but you know, a nice olive branch was just extended to Lamar. I'm sure we'll talk about Odell Beckham at some point, but making a big signing like that and going out of character to do it, I think they, uh, they deserve a lot of credit for that because it was a big problem. They needed to address it and they needed to address it with a professional option. And they, they went out and did what they had to do. They, they put it all on the table and they got it done. Yeah. So the, the injury thing, let's talk about that real quick. I have always felt like the Ravens are kind of, for whatever reason, they fall victim to injury a lot. It seems like it's just kind of, I don't know, like it's a monkey they can't get off their back for whatever reason. I feel like every season it's just, there's a key player or something like that. Is like, 
am I sensitive to that just because I watch the Ravens? Like, are other teams, like, stat-wise, like, from an analytics perspective, are other teams, like, in similar positions or suffering, like, injuries at a similar rate? Or are the Ravens, I know, like, the F rating, um, is that based on the analytics of injury or is that just, like, player feedback? Like, how is that all, like, where do we sit with that? Yeah, so I think that survey was actually based on player feedback as they wanted mm-hmm. to get the NFLPA perspective on organizations. So from that standpoint, it was just like straight up, hey, player X, player Y, player Z, what do you think of this? And that's what they were saying. So that's what yeah. it was based on. But I would say like, if this is going to keep happening year after year, like, yeah, sure, it happens to other organizations. Um, and, you know, there are probably plenty of well-publicized examples of that. But when it just kept happening year after year, um, like it seems to with the Ravens and it seemed to the last couple of years, Maybe it's, you know, time to, to reassess something. And so I personally am glad to see him, them moving on from him. Yeah. Good all job. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Um, all right. And then, so let's talk a little bit about the Lamar situation. You were saying how like there was that the olive branch was extended with the new signing, right? Um, and we saw the two of them kind of out hanging out, getting a drink, celebratory drinks Let's get together. Into the circus that this is, and it seems like that was—I guess the sense is that that was a little bit pre-planned or a little orchestrated, maybe on their behalf. Like maybe they kind of worked something out on the front end, and the Ravens kind of bought into it. Or what? Like, what's the pers- perspective on that? Yeah, it sounds like they were talking and uh, it sounds like Lamar was actively recruiting Beckham. And it's funny because, you know, not that long ago, Lamar was coming out in public with the fact that he had requested a trade. And I think we're now seeing, and I think it was kind of easy to see even at the time that that was really just posturing. And it's just like, hey, if you're not going to pay me what I want to get money, get paid, then trade me. It wasn't anything personal, I don't think. And I think this confirms that Lamar is going to be playing for the Ravens in 2023 is it going to be on the tag? Is it going to be on a long-term contract? Who knows, but he will be there. And to me, that's great news. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it's one of those things where I wish we could get some clarity on it at some point, one way or the other, but uh, it feels like we are going to have another year of him playing on the tag. And it's funny because Spencer, my co-host, made the point that it kind of seems now like the non-exclusive franchise tag, which was looked at as a little bit of an unconventional move. Mm-hmm. It sounds like maybe there was some kind of gentleman's agreement between him and the organization. You know, DaCosta had flown mm-hmm. down to Pompano Beach or wherever he's living now down in Florida to, to chat with him Get early in the guy. off season. And uh, we kind of had the idea that maybe they, they just said right then and there, like, look, if we can't come to an agreement, we'll give you the non-exclusive franchise tag. We'll give you a little chance to have this mini free agency period. And for whatever reasons. I know there's some conspiracy theories out there. He's not drawing a ton of interest, but yeah. at the very least, you know, you gave him a chance and now, you know, it sounds like he's going to come back and he's going to have a big weapon to work with. So it, it seems like things have worked out okay for both parties up to this point. And what would, what is like Lamar's, I guess, what is, what, what is the angle for him per se, or what is the speculation there? If he, if he wants to play on the tag, for, let's say he's hoping that his year is just going to be like above and beyond and he wins a Super Bowl or something, and then he can net the contract that perhaps he's looking for. Or, cause I always, I kind of felt like teams are saying, Hey, we're not going to pay that much at like, we're done doing that is kind of like the impression I've gotten. So is he just hoping to challenge? that like ideal or like where is like what's the win for him if he plays on the tag again and has a mediocre year is he in the same situation like I don't what's his what's his uh I know you can't say for sure but like what do you think his goal is yeah so what I think I mean it just feels to me like he wants to just hit the market when it's time to hit the market I don't think he wants to like he's not in any rush to sign anything and we've been hearing that for a long time and I think we're seeing it play out now in real time 
where he's okay to just play out the tag this year. And yeah. if he has anything close to a good year, then his value will still be high. Like he, I don't think he has to have a lights out year because people will sell themselves on a, a quarterback and their potential. Like, you know, you get one desperate team. If he hits the open market, they'll throw the bag at him. Yeah, they won't absolutely. do it if he's on the non-exclusive tag and they've got a, you give know, the give up these two first round yeah. picks for him. Good, yeah. Right. Good, and like, yeah, if yeah. they, if he wants to do that this year and then do it again next year, as long as he has like two good seasons and he doesn't like, catastrophically injure himself, which the odds are probably stacked in his favor, then like he's going to hit free agency and he's going to be fine. Yeah. And maybe he'll come back to the Ravens or maybe not. But like, I, I, it just seems to me like he wants to, you know, maybe ride this thing all the way out and see where it takes him. So the thought is, is that he could net the contract that he's looking for, but the hang up for a lot of teams right now is the pick situation, like the picks that they'd have to mm. deliver. Is that kind of what the, the general consensus is? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's almost like the have your cake and eat it too thing where giving the Deshaun Watson contract, which is ostensibly what he wants. He said, I don't actually want the Deshaun Watson contract or I, I just want to get paid a little bit more than Deshaun Watson or something yeah. to that effect. And he wants it all to be fully guaranteed. Like teams are kind of balking at that for one thing, but it will be another thing guys, if he was just going to hit the open market, like I think teams would kind of maybe, maybe eschew their values a little bit and they wouldn't mind mm. kind of going against one another to make that signing. But the fact that you would a have to pay him that B have to look kind of bad in the eyes of the other owners. Cause you're following that Jimmy Haslam route, which none yes. of these owners purport to want to follow. And then C you're going to have to give up all that draft capital. It's just a little bit too much to overcome right now. Yeah. Okay. And on that note about the Deshaun Watson thing. So the Browns, obviously they've, you know, really made a big statement with their signing of Deshaun they Watson. They really sent the Browns to the Super so Bowl. So what, like, what's the consensus on that? Like, what's the idea? Like, doesn't that put them in a really terrible position kind of moving forward over the next couple of years? Like, aren't they just really, like, strapped now? Like, what is the, they really, like, planted a flag, I feel like, being like, we're going to pay the guy, you know, we're going to guarantee this quarterback the most money ever. Is yeah, there is there a upside to that situation for them? I think the, I mean, I think it's just all short-term upside is the thing. And the Ravens really don't think that way. And I think a lot of smart organizations don't think that way. They kind of think in terms of two and three-year plans. And some Ravens fans actually don't really like that about them. They want them to be more aggressive and kind of go more all in, a la the Beckham deal, which a lot of them were happy with. And, uh, you know, I can, I can certainly see that side of things, but I also understand that the Ravens are running things like a business a little bit more yeah. and they want to kind of have that long-term view in mind. But for the Browns and Watson, it was just kind of that total, you know, desperation heave to, to try and finally make it work at quarterback after so many years, so many, I mean, really decades, they couldn't figure it out at quarterback. And it just kind of, it made them the laughing stock of the league. And then finally, it looks like they have it figured out with Baker Mayfield. And then you have this internal strife where he has this power struggle with Kevin Stefanski and his play drops off a bit. And yeah. at the first chance they could to cut bait. They cut bait and they said, okay, Deshaun Watson, you want literally everything, all of the money? Okay, we'll give it's it to crazy. you because we're tired yeah. of dealing with this. And Jimmy Haslam was already not highly thought of in ownership circles, uh, the Browns owner. Okay. And this this made it even worse for him. But uh, I don't think they care as long as they get a Super Bowl out of it. But we'll see about that. I, I'm not sure I see that happen. I think they're cursed. I yeah, I was going to say, is the, and the jury's still a little out on the Deshaun Watson thing, right? Because he's not played yeah. for a long time. He played some last season, but it's not like he had a stellar couple of games. I mean, I guess he probably wouldn't because it's not like there's a reason to go out there and, you know, And that's the interesting all. thing to me is, yeah, he had the, he had the injuries, he had the off the field stuff. And then he went out there and I thought he looked okay last season for the limited time that he played. But 
man, like the only, the only quarterback I do that for, there's only one guy. And I think you guys probably know who it is. And he plays in Kansas city and guess what? He's not going to come available anytime soon. So like this idea that we're just going to shell out for Deshaun Watson, who's like, I don't know at his best, he's maybe like a top five quarterback, but I don't know if we're going to see him at his best again because of all that he's been through. And uh, yeah, it's just a weird deal. So that was just a desperation move credit to them for putting the Ravens in this tough spot. But uh, I don't know. I'm not sure it's going to net the results that they really want. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. What's the one thing that we, and you kind of touched on the, like the injury piece earlier, but what's the one thing that the Ravens as an organization have really gotten right in the off season so far? They haven't really panicked. I don't think with the fact that like they can't do anything. Um, it's a little weird because they make some moves where they re-sign a Roquan Smith and they have all these studs on their team and it's like, all right, this team's ready to compete. So like, it's tough to lose a Calais Campbell. It's tough to lose a Chuck Clark, some of these pieces that, you know, maybe they're not superstars, but they're great depth pieces or they're good starters that you're losing. But they haven't totally panicked with that. They haven't said, all right, well, we got to, you know, we got to find a way to fix this and fix that. And some people might say that the Odell Beckham move is a panic move to an extent because you're paying 15 million in guarantees or whatever it is to a wide receiver that didn't play last year and has had injuries. I was going to ask you that. Do you think that's too much? Yes, but it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, you got to yeah. solve this position somehow. They've tried to do it in the draft. People say that they don't try to draft them. Eric DaCosta has. He yeah, drafted he has, Hollywood yeah. Brown in round one. He drafted Miles Boykin in round three. He drafted Rashad Bateman yep. in round one. He drafted Devin Duvernay in round three. He drafted Tylen Wallace in round four. It hasn't worked out. Like, they haven't been able to figure it out in the draft, which I think was his plan. I think he wanted to say, like, hey, we're going to fix this thing, and we're not going to do the thing that desperate teams do mm-hmm. and overpay in free agency for for this position. But it didn't work out in the draft and he's got a quarterback who's unhappy and he kind of boxed himself into a corner. There's a little bit of a tax uh, on the wide receiver position too for the Ravens as well because they haven't been productive with that position in the last couple of years. So it's like Odell's maybe looking at some of these other teams and saying, well, I could maybe go there and I could probably be more productive if making a little bit less money. So maybe it was for the Ravens uh, best interest to say, hey, we'll, we'll overpay for you even to a significant amount, if this was that, I'm not totally sure, mm-hmm. uh, to have you come in and uh, you'll be the centerpiece and we're changing our offense over to Todd Monk and so maybe all the pieces will fit into place here for you. Um, so yeah, a little bit of an overpay, a, but... Have they, a history, they had, right? What's up? Him and Monk have a history, right? Yeah, they do. They were in Cleveland together and it sounds like they they quite like each other. So okay. it's, it's good to hear from from that standpoint. And yeah, I'm interested to see how it works out, man. I'm pretty, pretty cautiously optimistic. Yeah, and so... What's the, uh, what's the caution about? Like, I know that there's some, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are a little like unsure about the signing. Is that like, what, what for you, what, you know, what is that? It's just soft tissue injuries. Like those yeah. can be kind of tricky, right? Like he's had, I don't know if the last ACL was the only one he's had, but I, I remember he had hamstring issues. Like, I don't know yeah. if you guys remember his rookie year, he came into the league and he didn't play in his first four games in 2014. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Cause he had the, he had that hamstring thing going on and then he came out and he just started tearing it up. And it's like, oh my God, this guy just kind of came out of nowhere, like how, like a quarter of the way through the season. And he's looking awesome now. But yeah, that's a soft tissue injury. I, I think he's battled other stuff. And then Didn't he, he had the that, ankle uh, like that, the next year. Yeah, sure. And then, yeah. And then the one with the, the one in the Super Bowl with the Rams. And yeah, he's had a year off and hopefully he's been icing it up and uh, just kind of getting himself ready and getting he his made mind his, right. Uh, um, what do you call it? His, uh, his, his workouts public. Where like a lot to of teams, prove, like yeah, his rehab. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked great. I just, 
I just don't know how that compiles with like actually getting hit by a 275. Yeah, dude, it's tough. I've torn my ACL and and, and meniscus and like it Mm. still, I still feel like it's torn even though it got fixed like, you know, 10 years ago at this point. Um, But yeah, I mean, for a guy like that, he's, he's obviously got all the, all the medical, um, all the medical geniuses and all the rehab, you know, that he needs to have to get himself back to tip top shape. But it's, it's tough with these soft tissue injuries. So that's really my only kind of concern. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a fair point. What's um? What do you think's the one thing, or like, what do you think's the biggest mistake that the Ravens have made so far this off season? It's tough to say because, like I said, they they haven't really done much. Um, and I think some be, people are probably upset about that, though, right? Because they're kind of in a position where they can't do that much. The Lamar thing is like kind of forever in the ether around them, so they have to be. I would say here's that, one thing. Here's one thing that I would say. The other day they were at their pre-draft press conference. You guys probably saw this. Yeah, and. This reporter, this kid, Alex, I, I forget what his last name is, so I apologize to him, but uh, he's, a, you know, a younger guy and he's in there and somebody asked a question about Lamar right at the pre-draft press conference. And I think it was to cost our Harbaugh. One of the two he says, yeah. we're not really here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the draft. I saw it, yeah. And then this kid, Alex chimes in and he asks another Lamar question, but it was, it was relative to the draft. He was like, does this make you look at quarterbacks differently? And Chad Steele, their PR guy good guy and all these people are good people and everything but chad is kind of shushing him and saying like out out like to, we're not talking about this right now and that's like just how like, can you not though yeah like, right that left a that left a bad taste in my mouth and i love the organization and i think you know good people involved and they generally do things the right way but that just gave me bad vibes man just kind of state-run media vibes they're like kind of panicking about it like yeah right it, like yeah. I, don't, I don't need to see that kind of stuff like if you want to do that like and apparently they did tell the media like Hey guys, don't ask about like respectfully. Don't ask about this. We're not going to answer it. Okay, so say that, and then let them continue to ask about it. And if they continue to ask about it, and you don't give them any answers, like you they're the assholes, say next question, right? Like yeah. they're the yeah, yeah, right. Like make them look bad. Don't make yourselves look bad. Like to me, that was kind of a misstep. Yeah. yeah so kind of the posturing around it doesn't look the best. Yeah, sure. right. And like, it's, it, it's fine. I mean, it's just kind of the, the PR battle being waged here, kind of like Lamar uh, playing, playing the PR chess a little bit, releasing that trade request statement right yeah. before Harbaugh is about to go talk it in the owner's meeting. So it's a little bit, a little bit of 40 chess being played by both sides, but yeah, they, they didn't come out looking great after that pre-draft presser. I'll say that. Yeah. You think the Ravens are mad that Lamar is kind of controlling the PR aspect of that story? It seems like he's the one that kind of releases information whenever he feels yeah, like he wants to release like a information. Yeah. yeah, it feels like a game. Like you have to be yeah, like and snooping on his Instagram. Yeah, and like the game gets played in different ways, right? And like that that type of stuff happens, but just in a different, more carefully packaged way when you have an agent involved. And that's really the whole thing uh, here is that yeah. Lamar is just, you know, he's self-represented and I don't know. I personally think he should have an agent, but if he's not going to, then whatever, I respect his decision. But that's where you get kind of messy stuff like this and uh, where this can happen outside the realms of an Ian Rappaport or a Schefter who, or whoever it is yeah. tweeting this stuff out, that's where it gets a little bit more dicey. So they can't, they have nothing to, to, to hold on yep. to. He does yep. these synonymous, synonymously cryptic posts where I, he writes the letter and then posts himself in his Ravens yeah. jacket. Doesn't say anything for weeks and then shows a FaceTime with him and Odell. Like I'm, I want to, I want off of the clown car. Like I just want this, <laughs> I want this yeah. to be settled yeah, and I want, I want it to be like cemented so we can get on with the season. Like yeah. It feels like Lamar is like the PR right now yeah. for the Ravens in and a he's weird just having way. having fun with it and I hate it so much. Yeah. And, and the Ravens <laughs> are like not stoked about it, but I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of is what it is. Um, man. Dang. So how, okay, 
All right. So you, we all kind of feel uh, that we kind of over overpaid with with Odell, and we don't know what he looks like. But he is thirty. Do you think him being a veteran will bring some type of cohesion to the wide receiver core? Yeah, I think it certainly will. And that's what I like about it. Like, I think they needed to do a veteran, whether it was this or DeAndre Hopkins or whoever. And you didn't have to give up any draft capital for Odell. It was a little bit of an overpay on the salary standpoint, but I'm okay with it because like I said, that's the tax you have to pay to uh, pay and it's worth it. And like Odell and Rashad Bateman, they're close and Rashad Bateman, I think kind of models his game after him a little bit. So helping him, bringing him in to kind of help develop him and, you know, help Bateman hopefully break out. And let's not forget, they also signed Nelson Aguilar, which a lot of people are going to over about about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's, yeah, totally forgot about that. Yeah, he's got a solid like, number three, number four guy. Yeah. You know, he showed that in New England, and uh, he'll, he'll have his his boneheaded moments for sure. But a, a talented enough player. Hopefully, doesn't drop it in the end zone. And take a yeah, right. Ball. Like you'll probably get one or two of those yeah. this year, right? And we'll all be very frustrated about it. But other than that, like he's going to bring you a competency that you do not get with James Prochet, right? He James yeah. Prochet, God love him. He should not be on an NFL field again. I don't think. And yeah. you know, I, he should be God, developmental. Like, yeah. wrong. like this yeah. off season, like get better and like get out there and, you know, shove it in my face. I'm hoping for it, but that's just the way that I see it right now. So continue to invest. Like bring, why not bring Demarcus Robinson back too? I mean, he looked solid last off season. He's yes, not signed. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like these solid veteran options that are going to kind of, like you said, bring some cohesion to the room settle things down. I really like that idea. And I think Odell represents the absolute best of that. Yeah. You look at those guys, if you go back and you kind of look at tape and look at old games, they don't seem comfortable. And when mm-hmm. you bring in veterans like an Aguilar, you bring in like a Odell, someone who's been doing this for seven plus years, they can teach those guys how to be comfortable. So I, I do get, I do understand that the price tag isn't just for his athleticism on the field. And yeah, I think I, thank you, Jake, for putting that in perspective because the fan in me is like, why the hell are we paying this guy almost $20 million? We haven't seen him run in two years, but yeah. Yeah. He's got, he, I mean, he probably obviously still has something to bring though. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I think he can still run with the best. I mean. And he seems like he's got a little bit of a persona to him that can be helpful. You know what I mean? Like having, sometimes having like characters can be a benefit. People say he's a great locker room guy. Yeah. Yeah. I saw saw a Giants guy talking about, I think he was talking to Zarebeck about that a little bit, how he is like, despite, you know, some of his, maybe his reputation that he got from New York as being a little bit too high profile and a little bit kind of all about himself. People do say he's like just great locker room guy, you know, yeah. good dude. And I'm actually surprised he came here. Cause like last season they were like during the, the regular season, they were flirting with trying to bring him in. Like they were actively trying yeah. to talk to him. I, I heard about that. I heard that he was not returning their calls at, at uh, that time because I, I guess he probably just didn't want to play. But the way that I interpreted that at the time was like, why does Odell want to come to Baltimore? Right. Like mm-hmm. he wants to go to Dallas. He wants to go to LA or New York. He wants to get noticed. Yeah. He wants to be well, in the club. He, he like, won his bowl. He went yeah, to LA. Like, right. Yeah. Like exactly. So I, I, I didn't like think that he would necessarily want to come here, but I don't know, man, he's done the big market thing in New York and yeah. LA. He also did the small market thing in Cleveland. So maybe he isn't that kind of, I know that kind of dude, but he's, you know, Louisiana guy, LSU. Great, yeah, sure. great, great seafood there. He yep. comes to Baltimore. Who's going to teach him how to eat crabs? Like he's got to, he's got to come That's here fair. and get the, the mid Atlantic feel for how to eat seafood here. Cause you know, down well, there, so it's do. not going to be Patrick queen who talks shit on our seafood. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, no. yeah. He's always talking about how uh, Louisiana has the better seafood, but <laughs> damn it. Yeah. You can't do the bag. You can't do the bag. You got to get like the steamed, the steamed food. I hope he, hope he gets some, some good crabs here. 
So <clears throat> what is your thought on like Lamar's positioning right now at the Ravens? Do you think he's in a good place with them? Do you think he's like, do you think that there's bad blood there? And, uh, you know, there's obviously like a trust piece, right? Between your quarterback and your team. I feel like for many seasons, it was like Baltimore and Lamar were just like thick as thieves. Right. And it seems like everything's kind of unspooled over the last, you know, a couple of months. So do you think like his headspace is, do you think he's like all in on Ravens? Do you think he's really just about like the check and what, you know, where you like, what do you think he's feeling there? Like, what's the what's yeah, a little, little bit of both? Like, I, you know, he wants to get paid. I think, and that that should be important to a guy like him. And um, I, I don't begrudge him at all for that. And um, I don't know. Like, it, it just is there bad blood? Like, there probably is to an extent because that's what happens. Like I said, when agents aren't involved, you, you can get feelings hurt. And maybe that happened a little bit here. But like I said, I think this signing, like, it, it gives me some good vibes. It gives me some optimism that some of that stuff maybe can be patched over a little bit. And um, yeah, like I said, you know, I think at the end of the day, he does understand that it's a business and uh, you know, things can get messy, but I think he's going to be a pro about it. I think he's going to show up and whether it's on the tag or a, a long-term extension, God willing, I think he'll be, uh, he'll be back and ready to play for 23. Yeah. yeah. We've seen a lot of guys play on the tag and, and get paid. Kirk Cousins, Dak yeah. literally, his foot was off the bone and then signed his contract. Yeah. While he was in rehab, so I like, think there is like you can get injured really badly and still get paid. Yeah, because like, yeah. teams are just like this guy's like we know what he is. He's, He's a great quarterback. Yep. Like yeah, sure. like that's that's worth it to them. Sure, I think like I want to say that there were some people who felt as if Lamar maybe wouldn't come back next year and play to the extent that maybe he has played in prior seasons. Like he wouldn't put it all on the line maybe because he felt like the Ravens hadn't given him what he wanted and maybe there would just be kind of like this odd, awkward year of just 50% Lamar or him kind of being checked out, right? So, but I guess it seems like the Ravens are trying to stack the chips in his favor regardless of the tag, regardless of the contract and hopefully creating a place where he'll want to be, I guess, in 2023. Yeah, I think like reading the tea leaves last year, I think we saw a little bit of that. Like he seemed kind of, he seemed a little frustrated. Like if you looked at him at the press conferences and stuff like that, he wasn't his usual kind of bubbly self. Yeah. You could tell yeah, something was weighing him down a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. the contract was a big part of that. And then you had the injury situation and that just obviously, we didn't see him after that, but that just made it probably 10 times worse for him. So I don't know, hopefully uh, the Odell signing and um, they've got a lot of good offensive pieces around him already. So just fix that wide receiver position up. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year and the, the vibes will, they'll get flowing again one way or the other. On paper, we look great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> On paper, we look amazing. So, All right. Uh, do you have any other Ravens questions? Mm, it's fleeting me, but if Jake hangs on, it'll come to me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, wow. Well, oh, sorry. Yeah. Running backs. How do you think the the core looks right now? We got JK. We got uh, who else do we have? Gus. Gus. I think I feel good with JK and JK and Gus. Yeah, they resigned Justice Hill too, who and looked Justice, uh, pretty solid last season. So yeah, like it, you know, it's in a good spot. It's just the the main question is health, and I think it's going to look better health wise than it did last season, where you have JK who looked awesome and, yeah, when he got the ball, good, but his yeah. he couldn't he couldn't bend his left leg. Like he had that breakaway run against the Steelers where you know, he probably yeah. should have housed it, but yeah, he had his left leg was just too stiff to even bend. So I think he'll be back a little bit better. I think Gus will be back a little bit better healthy and Justice Hill. I'm a big fan of his. So yeah, I think they're in a good enough spot. 
you know, Spencer, my co-host, I, I love him to death, but he's talking about this Bijan Robinson nonsense at, at 22 mm-hmm. in the draft. I, I, I'm good on that. Like, let's I've just heard that. I don't think that's going to go. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah, just roll with the guys they got. I think they're in a good position with the running backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody, I want to touch Orioles real quick before we move on, but is there anybody that we lost in the offseason so far that you feel like that's going to sting? like big time for us that like there, we should have figured out a way to work around that and keep that person. Yeah. I mean, Ben powers at left guard would have been great to keep, but he's just always with pricing himself out of their range. And they do that with uh, these interior offensive linemen and, you know, even just general offensive linemen sometimes where they just develop a mid round guy. He has one great contract here and then he's gone. So it's not that I'm necessarily going to miss Ben powers a ton. It's just who's going to step up in his absence. I think they're hoping it's going to be Ben Cleveland, uh, based on some of the things that I've heard, I'd be interested to see how that shakes out. Um, and then Calais Campbell, I mean, that, it just sucks to lose him. Like, if he was mm-hmm. going to play again, why not just come back to the Ravens? Yeah, like, why go to end your career here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Like, like, why go to, like, are, too, don't you want to win a Super Bowl ring? And maybe you don't want to do that in Baltimore, but, like, go to the yeah. Chiefs. Like, take take whatever vet minimum money from the Chiefs and, like, win, win a ring there, he right? Was, he had um, such a good attitude. And yeah, that's like, kind of outgoing. He was just like, you know, just they would show like tape of him talking about Baltimore and he was just like, you know, it's just a great place. Yeah. You know, team is great. The Costa and blah, blah, blah. And then he just doesn't, and they just let him go. Like, yeah. Great dude. So tough loss. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bummer. All right, man. I appreciate you uh, shooting the shit with us on the Ravens is very uh, informative. Like I said, I don't know the answer to all these questions, but I love to talk about it. Um, Orioles real quick. We're just going to briefly touch on them real fast. Cause it tis the season. Yeah. Boy. Um, What's up with the Orioles, man? How are they? How do you think they're looking so far? I used to go to Orioles games as a kid. I, I've been to a few like over the years, but I just I've stopped kind of tracking with them once we kind of fell out of the limelight. So, but I feel like there's a resurgence. At least it seems like maybe it's a generational thing. I don't know. It seems like there's a resurgence though. Like everybody I know is going to the games again. Feels like people are talking about it. So what's uh, what's happening with the Orioles? Paint that picture for me. Yeah, dude. Good, good time to get in. If you're, you're thinking about getting back in because yeah. this is kind of the culmination year and we'll see how it shakes out, but this kind of feels like the culmination year of what's been a five year rebuild when, Oof. uh, back in, I, I think end of 2018, early 2019, they hired over Mike Elias from Houston, who was kind of their scouting director for the Astros. And he rebuilt them and kind of turned them into what they are now under Jeff Lunau. They were originally in St. Louis and they had kind of done the same thing there. So this guy has a pedigree of doing this kind of thing. And he's done it with the Orioles where his first ever draft pick was Adley Rutschman, who's the catcher now, who uh, you guys might have heard of. He's he's doing some big things, and uh, they've got some other other guys in the mix. Ryan Mountcastle was part of the old regime, but he's he's tearing it up. Yes. Grayson Rodriguez, as a pitcher, is making his debut, uh, who is uh, one of the picks of the old regime too. But he's looking uh, looking pretty solid so far. He's made two starts. Um, he made his first home start yesterday, actually, as we're taping this, and uh, a lot of promise there, and just a bunch of good young exciting talent that is really fun and not taking themselves too seriously, right? Like we'll see how the wing shake out. I don't even know if they're guaranteed to make the playoffs this year. I hope to God that they do. Cause it's been five years since it's re- since the rebuild started, but yeah. you've got them, uh, you've got them going out there and just jacking home runs and playing yeah. exciting, exciting balls, stealing bags. And then they're, they're doing the celebrations with the, the dong bong or the Homer hose or whatever it is. I don't <laughs> know if yeah. you guys have seen this, but uh, they, yeah. they jack a home run and then they come back and they do a beer bong of like water Gatorade in the dugout. Like it's just like, it's just a, a really fun, young, exciting team right now. So if I could sell you on uh, any reason to get back in, it's just a, it's a fun watch. Yeah. Aren't, and they're trying to re aren't they like rebranding the name of the dong bong? Wasn't that like a thing that they tried to come out and do? Cause they wanted to call it something else. <laughs> 
Like wasn't everybody funny. else like, calling we, it the uh, ball ball? Me and my co-host, and like like I said, Eric is the the barstool Oriole guy. So like we were watching that game in real time, and they break that celebration out, and we're like we're in our group chat. We're like, this is the greatest thing to ever happen. And then yeah. uh, shout out to uh, one of our listeners. I think his name is Ben Garonzik. I think he coined the term dong bong and Eric's uh, Eric's replies there to uh, him tweeting about it. So we we kind of got that going, and um, I think. You know, I think the team and like some of the players, I, I don't know if they wanted to go that route because it's maybe not super family friendly. I think they like Homer <laughs> hose a little bit better. But like, yeah. guys, if you we're know, doing a beer bong celebration, I don't know if we need to worry about being family friendly to begin with. But whatever you want to call it, you know, it's just uh, it's I don't know. It's just like a funny thing. I think bong is fine. It's legal in Maryland. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, hey July. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'd know. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's very exciting. I'm going to have to get this Morials games. So we talk about this mm. on mm-hmm. every episode, I feel like, and I'm going to have to commit to it. All right. Jake, thank you so much for the sports talk. We're going to do brother. a little thank TV. You, We're going to do a little movie stuff. You want to um, hang on with love, us? We'd love for you to yeah, hang sure. out and chat with us. That'd be rad. All right. Yeah, um, that's great, dude. Before, So before we do that, let's quickly run through this oh, old well. elk thing real fast. How I'm are you drunk, feeling bro. about it? Well, that's not really the question. Oh. <laughs> Do you like it though? Uh, Are I you into actually it? love this. You're really into it. I'm really into it. Really, uh, that's it's a, got a really nice. It's got a, got a really smooth taste. Um, it kind of has like that soft floral aroma in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it has a kind of a, a nice little afterbite, which is cool. I'm 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 all for it, man. Okay. Yeah. So here's I could have just thing. been thirsty, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm putting it on you being thirsty because you're, you're not, not into it. it. No. You right. sleep over there. So for context, just so everybody knows, <laughs> the $50 bottle, that's where this sits, all right? Because I feel like that's always very helpful. Yeah. So I feel as if flavor-wise, taste-wise, like it's probably around that price point. Yeah. I'm not like, I think it's good. I would drink it. I'm not mad at it at all. I agree with you. It's like sweet and floral on the front end. Does not have a harsh finish. Mm, it's very no. nice. It's very smooth on the back end. I like that. It's great. Um, I've it. never seen it before. I, this is the first time I've ever come across it. So I feel like Where'd this is- Where'd you get is, this from? Uh, the quarry liquor store. They always so got some weird. I, and we were talking about this before we started recording. This seems like one of those bottles that I'll see once in my life. And never see it again. And I'll yeah, never yeah. see it again. Like, it's just one of those weird oddities that you're just going to come across. And I don't know what will ever happen to them. I don't know if it's going to be a staple. But it's fun to probably give it a shot and try it. I don't know. It's, uh, you know, 50 bucks. I don't know. You got to probably want to, you know, take a, take a, got, like, take a risk on some celebrity on behind it. Well, it's got a dude's name right in the front. Like Jeremy Greg Renner. Metz. Greg, you he, said Greg Metz earlier. Greg Metz, he's on the front of the bottle. Yeah, and I think you said, oh, that's a good name I for did. whatever do reason. We, do, do we know him from anywhere? No. You can Google him real quick. This yeah. is from Colorado. I don't think we have he's any. He's probably friends with Jeremy Renner. I smoked weed back with Greg, Greg Metz. Metz. <laughs> Greg Metz is the master distiller. Yeah, oh, okay. there it is. All right. I think everybody, well, yeah, on this fine. side, we enjoyed it. You're yeah, enjoying fine. it. I was, a little, no for I was a little skeptical because the most recent review on Total's website is three stars. All good until the finish. Great product to sip neat until you get to the finish. Very off-putting flavor. Not oh, sure when we're wrong. I don't agree with that. Um, I, I think, think the flavor's okay. fine. Yeah. yeah, I think it's all right. Isaiah didn't like it, though. So for me, I'm not a big, I'm not big on highly malted things, highly uh, malted whiskeys. Uh, okay. So that was the immediate like turn off for me. But also to me, it's kind of sweet and it's a little flat to me. Like I don't get a big complexity in the flavors. Okay. Mm. Let me read you the tasting notes if I can. Absolutely. Sure, right. Aroma, sweet vanilla and caramel, clove spice, slight maple and nutty almond. Mm. Okay. 
I don't feel like that's inaccurate. Okay. I don't taste almonds though. All right, well, let's get to, let's get to the taste. Hang on. Okay. Taste maple syrup, almond, raw bran. I'll give you the maple syrup. Uh, chocolate, deep wood, and coconut. A lot of sweet things. Ooh, the coconut is. It's not overly sweet though. I like the coconut idea though. It's yep. fun. Uh, Mouth feels smooth and coating with a lasting flavor. Well, we did say that it was. That's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So on the topic of ratings, <laughs> yeah. right? All right. We're gonna dive right into uh, the Mario Brothers movie. That came out. Mm. Did you see it? No, I've no, not okay. seen it. I've it's not on seen my it. List. Jake, are you a Mario Brothers fan? Yeah, I was actually uh, one of the one of the newer ones that's out on the Switch. I, yeah. I was playing. Mm-hmm. I, I picked that up um, just on their their like digital store. So I've been kind of running through that a little bit. Yeah, big into Mario. Hell yeah, dude! I've been I've been like low key really envying switches lately i just I got myself people. one. Oh my god <laughs> that just, mario just world on the weekend. switch is, is fun not bro. helpful for me dude <laughs> it's yeah. not helpful we got to switch in the house it's it's a fun just pick up like and just do whatever my like, problem yeah. with it is that all the nintendo brand games start at 60 dollars well and, yeah and i get that that's kind of the par for like the for air jordan of things. games yeah. like, this is a screen that's this big and i know you can connect it to the tv sure, or yeah, sure. whatever but the idea is that it's portable, and I don't know. I think sixty dollars is a little steep for that. So, not to go down this rabbit hole, but there was recently somebody who was posting on Reddit about video game prices as they are currently today, and then they showed yeah. a, a clip from like a magazine or like a newspaper of like Nintendo sixty four mm, yeah. games yeah, yeah. when Nintendo sixty four was currently was like new and available, right? So it's like an old thing. Yeah, and like the games were like one hundred and forty nine dollars ninety nine cents. Like the yeah. price for adjusted games for inflation was yeah. like way higher. Yeah, I get that. I get there's an inflation yeah. keys talking numbers and math. Nerd. Come on, dude. Um, But my point is, is like there was a time where they were valued quite a bit. I mean, the consoles were what? Crazy. $269, $280 back then. So the game was half the console back in the day. Yeah, I get that. So Yeah, I guess you're right. It hasn't it 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 is kind of a deal comparatively, but I still feel I feel like it's still a little pricey. All right, man. You're just gonna have to get over it. But back in the but also back in the N sixty four days, our parents bought us games. (laughs) Yeah, so we had money. Give a a crap. Good point. That's fair. (laughs) I'll allow it. All right. So back to the Mario Brothers movie which came out. Um is anybody gonna go see the Mario Brothers movie? I I would love to see it. I'm on board. I'm a No no but the question is are you gonna go see it in theaters? And my movie pass just activated itself oh i was waiting to God. do that so now i have <laughs> i have movie pass that i need to use so i'm Take like two. i'm a little i'm 50 50 on it i just recently went to see a movie john wick four saw it in theaters horrible experience great movie hate going to the theater though what, Stand what by theater did you go, go where'd you go towson dude of yeah, course right. tell me a good theater Stop to go to there. i don't know right. dude i would give it a try again i used to really enjoy that theater but again back in the day saturday right? night dude 6 30 there Oof. was like it was barely open it was a disaster there was a mess everywhere there wasn't like any you couldn't there was no snacks no food nothing there was like no, 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 no run the bar there either no i, I always want to yeah, I always want to grab a beer there, and it's all I, I just kind of make a big deal out of it. And I, just yeah, I said it. this when I went yes. to saw Wakanda Forever. I went to the bar, ordered a double, a Jameson, and they just poured it and walked away. I was just like, "What is going on?" I was you like, have to, "You have to find <laughs> people at the Towson Cinemark to help you." Yeah, and they don't want to be found. It's terrible. It's like, yeah, yeah, like I'm, not, I'm definitely not an alcoholic, but can you walk over here to this bar and like <laughs> ring me up for this? You know, <laughs> it's like a major selling point to the theater. Yeah, so, though, certainly that right. That they have the bar. Right? It's fun. So, yeah. Well, we've all worked terrible. in customer service and we've all done the head down, avoid customer move. Now, I'm not saying that that's good. But I feel like if I worked at the <laughs> Cinemark in Towson, I would just hang out at the bar and I would just sure. 
pour people drinks would, all night. That's he, easy. I turn Who into wants the, to go like clean up the popcorn? Like, I turn I just, into the I'll bartender the bar guy. from The Shining. All right, so <laughs> you're gonna go see it in theaters. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very interested. And to you're see it. thinking I'm that yes. too. I'm right. taking my five year old. She's Jake, in the Princess are you Peach. A, are you a theater goer? Are you gonna go to the movies to see a movie like this, or are you gonna wait for this to come hit the streamings? Yeah, I think I I might because I I do want to go see Air. So I'm thinking maybe I'll yeah. do a double feature at some point. And that's Ooh, that's a little bit of a time feature. commitment, so maybe not. But I am a big fan. Like, it's kind of a hack. Like, I'm not really, like, I don't hit the bars, like, you know, all that much. So, like, if yeah. I'm not doing anything on a given weekend night, I'll be like, hey, you know, sneak over to Towson, you know, go to the, the cinema, kind of okay. just kind of low-key. I'll go by myself. I'll get a, a beer and a large popcorn and, uh, you know, I'll watch a movie. So, yeah, I'm, I'm big into it. What's the last movie you saw in theaters? Hmm. It might have. It might have been Top Gun last summer. I haven't been in a while. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that's yeah. a good that's one. A good one. I mean, that's a good one. Yes, yeah, that's a good one to do it. That's if you want to go to the movies and see a movie, it's worth the price. Top Gun is it's it. It's worth the price. Yeah, All right, sure. I'd go see it again right now. So yep, that good. Rolling back to the origins of this statement, which is basically that Mario Brothers came out with a kind of an, uh, an abysmal Rotten Tomato score. But of course, the, yeah, it's still going to get seen. But though. the audience score is kind of off the charts, right? right? It's got like a mid to high 90s. This just happened with something People else we were it. talking about. Yeah. Yes. 96. So this is, I feel like, happening now. Where the critic are, score is trash. Yes. And the audience and score the audience is score astronomical. Is super yeah. high. Correct. Yeah. So my question is, does that deter you one way or the other? And do you think that the Rotten Tomatoes like score, like, is that coming to an end? Like, is that, is the relevancy of that kind of waning? Cause I feel like at least for me, at least back in the day, it mattered a lot. Like you would kind of wait for the Rotten Tomatoes score. You kind of wait to see what the reviewer said, make your decision about your investment at the box office. But it feels like we're past that now. It feels I, like something has happened. I think what is, what's happening is, and again, I, whatever, whatever, what was it? I can't remember the last movie that this happened to. I believe maybe it was a Marvel movie. I can't remember, but it had the trash critic score and the, and the amazing audience score. And I think what's going on is critics are looking at movies from a different lens than what fans, the the, the average moviegoer, is going to look at a movie for, yeah. right? When someone goes to see a Marvel movie, they're going to say, oh, it doesn't meet this criteria because Marvel set the benchmark here. Sure. It falls flat. He, it was Ant-Man. It was Ant-Man. Uh, yeah, the, Ant-Man yeah, had a pretty, yeah, about pretty bad score. Yeah, and but the movie was fun, right? From you en- a, yes, you enjoyed. Yeah, it. right. Yeah, from yeah. a critic standpoint, I can. But it see, scared me right? off. I didn't go. Uh, I mean, this, I still this, haven't seen it. I mean, this is this is where we live. We live in the credit in the score and the and yeah. what the critics say and what the audience say and like. But for like you know someone with my wife like who doesn't give a you know a rat's ass about any of that. She's just going sure. and she's like, oh my God, it was one of the greatest movies I've seen. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like- I can't convince my wife to watch something that has a low Rotten Tomato score. What? Because really? if she doesn't know what it is, so like if I pitch <laughs> a movie to her and I'm like, let's watch this, she'll be like, I don't know what that is. And I'll be like- And then yeah. she looks it up and I'll then be she like, sees it's the fine. score. And she'll be like, and then she'll look it up on Rotten Tomatoes and she'll be like, I don't know what score. I just got my wife into yeah. the scores. It's really now annoying. she's like throwing it back at me, yeah, but I'm, good, I, but to my point, the critics are grading movies from a totally different experience than what the fan is, right? You got so many people out here mm-hmm. who've been waiting on something Mario related to come to theaters, sure. That 
they're going to go, they're going to go anyway. And even yeah. if it's subpar to them, it's going to be awesome. Right. Yeah. It, 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 if you're a fan, you don't care how, you don't care what, you know, how bad it is. Cause to you, it's not bad. It's great. So you're going to, sure. yeah, this was awesome for me. This was an awesome So experience. you're going to go regardless. Yeah. I'm a Mario you're not, fan. You're I'm not worried about no. the Rotten Tomatoes no, thing. No. You think it's, it's no longer relevant. It, especially my, my daughter is like a, all into princess peach now. So that is even more motivation for me to take okay. her. You know what I mean? So this yeah. is this is like now like a I'm I'm an old guy and this is like a uh, an experience. So world. you're you're taking the kids, you're taking yeah, the family. No, I'm taking one kid. One I'm, kid. No, no, I'm not taking. Does the other kid hate Mario? Uh, she no, she just can't do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just taking one. Right, I don't good. have the capacity. I just got to take one. What's one at a time. What you just said there about <laughs> favorite about kids. No. <laughs> Development. <laughs> no, I love all my love children all my equally. Kids, I don't care for Job. <laughs> yeah. um, um, your, your, your comment about um, people enjoying it generally, regardless of what the yeah. critics say. The I just sitting here browsing through the reviews. I clicked all critics and however they organize it. The top one here is a is an act is an actual critic review of this movie. It says it's the laziest possible version of a Mario movie. And for most viewers, young and old, that's totally acceptable. Exactly. It's totally acceptable for someone who just wants to see Mario in theaters. Mm -hmm. And that's but fine that's for the them. But that's the point though, no, right? Like yeah. that's what we made the movie for. Yeah. Right. So why are you odd. why are you discrediting the movie and you clearly can say that it's enjoyable for someone else? That makes no sense sure. to me. Sure. Jake, what do you place Rotten Tomato scores? Like in the hierarchy for you, like, does it matter? Are you worried about it? Yes, no. Like, do you look I'm more at of a, like a Metacritic guy. Like, okay. I definitely like to know what the critics are thinking, but like for, especially for Rotten Tomatoes, to me, it's like a case by case basis. Yeah. Like yeah. if we're talking about the Mario movie, like how do you critically review something like that? Like seriously. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I know that like there, there's definitely some merit that you can bring to some of the reviews and stuff. And I, I've read some of them and. It's, um, it, yeah, it's just one of those things where it, I just don't, you can't take it too seriously. So I'm not going to like sit there and, you know, the same person that's reviewing like Tar is reviewing the Mario movie. It's like, that's it, just, that should be two different professions, right? Yeah. And that's fair. yeah, like it, I, I, I would be more concerned with the audience things, but if it is like that more, more serious movie or like whatever, you know, maybe an air, maybe yeah. I will look for what the critics think a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Air's got a pretty, uh, pretty solid rock. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right now. It's like upper nineties, isn't yeah. it? I think it's the yeah, highest, it's, uh, isn't it the highest rated film for Affleck and 92% critic score, or at least it was. audience score. Wow. So that's pretty yep. high. I had something, yeah, there, something come across my algorithm about people going to see it because of Ben Affleck's feet. Is it out yet? <laughs> Is yeah, it, it is. My uh, is my brother-in-law and sister went and saw it, I think, last week. And they, they said good things? Good things? Yeah. Yeah, they liked it. They said it was uh, Moneyball vibes, if you guys oh, like Moneyball. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Big Moneyball fans. That might give me some... Some motivation? Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, other big news this week was HBO made made a lot of announcements. I'm so sick of um, HBO. Shit. The, big, the big, big piece being, well... Now it depends on what you care about, but they, they're changing their streaming service essentially again. Now it's going to be called Max as opposed to HBO Max. They're going just over to Max. Um, and then there's going to be Max Originals and then HBO Originals, which was a little confusing to me. I'm not this really sure tumultuous. how that all works. This is very tumultuous. Um, but with that announcement, we obviously got the uh, 
the big reveal, Harry Potter, the seven part series, seven seasons, a decade's worth of TV, they're calling it. They're going to do each book. uh, They're going to give each book its own season. So it's a reboot, a reimagining kind of of the original series. All new cast. Uh, JK is involved. Okay. But all new cast. She was canceled for a while, right? Yeah. I think technically some would say she still Might is. Might still be, yep. yeah. Damn. I don't know. There's a lot of controversy around her. You would have think she said, you know. She's in the UK swinging for the fences, dude. She doesn't, she's not worried about what's happening over here. I wonder what, the, I wonder if there's you. a lot of drama for her over in the UK. Nah, they not. Because all the articles that I read about her, like people getting really upset and mad at her, seems like a lot of like US mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. Like, I wonder what the vibe is across the pond. We are generally an angry people. Yeah. Angry. And and you can find something. The social justice warrior will find someone to be angry about any time. That's how we won two two wars, dude. We're world war champs two times. I'll tell you what. You've got to be pretty upset to get in there. World war champs. That's that's pretty bad. (laughs) I saw that on a hat one time. Two two time world war champs with a big flag on. I thought this guy's a jackass. (laughs) Shirts, hats, bumper stickers. You can get it whatever you want. So you get the Harry Potter reboot, which is kind of exciting. I feel like it's been... I feel like it's been in the works for a little while. Kind of anticipated. To me, it just seems like another cash grab. Like, I hate the... like. You think it's too so quick. many super, so many Harry Potter movies, so many uh, reboots, so many like so let's Harry, do Harry, something original. No, but you're, uh, so you're so, mad about the Fantastic I'm, Animals? I'm or mad about in general. Okay, all okay. every movie. Most classic American thinking. Thirty percent. Two time World War champ, baby. <laughs> Yeah. You're the you're Damn the problem. It, I'm the problem. Uh, yeah. All right, so what if it what if the what if the quality of the material is in vain of maybe like a House of Dragons where it's very compelling storytelling, awesome acting. Yeah, but House of Dragon isn't a reboot. Um, but, I, mean, I mean, it's from a it's from, it's from IP a though. But here's Harry the Potter's you, a book. Let's back so, up. Are okay. you a, are sure, you a Harry, Harry Potter, Potter fan? Harry Potter oh, movie. You're right. Are, are, you, you, are, you, are you a Harry Potter, Potter fan to begin with? I enjoy Harry Potter. The movies though, you like the movies. Yeah, generally. Yeah. So you're upset because you have like a is it like a nostalgia thing? It's not I'm not upset for that. I'm upset at the lack of originality. Okay. So now question. Sure. Were you a reader right. of the okay. books? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now there's not all of them, but yes. I okay. got I got five, four in. But do you not uh, feel like you were shortchanged a little bit on the movies? They had to leave a lot of things out. Yeah, well they had to. It's a movie. I My understand. wife said the same thing. Like, She's unless a big you're James reader. Cameron and then you can oh, make, God, a make a five as long hour as you movie. Want. Nine hours, dude. Right. Nine hours. Get ready. A whole year's worth of television. That's right. Fuck James Bond. <laughs> but as, a, as, as a Potter enthusiast, I'm more excited to see- Pot enthusiast? Is there, Potter is Potter there, an, is there an adjective for that? Like cumber people who are fans of cumber batches or cumber bitches? Is there, <laughs> You're talking like Swifties. Swifties, cumber bitches. Is there uh, a, Harry like Potter, a word for Harry Potter, Potter fans? Are they potheads? <laughs> Uh, that's not I bad. I would think that's so. Not, that's not bad. That's not I bad. don't think that that's it, but it's not bad. I'm coining it. I, but yeah. I think that's already, but that's already been, that's already belongs to us, a subset of people. We, you can't rebrand an existing name. I can Stop make a shirt. to make fetch happen. It's that's not right. going to happen. And just put Harry Potter's glasses on it. Jake, are you a Harry Potter guy? And market it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, so, so he's I was a big into the books, and I liked the movies when they came out. Yeah. Um, and I, I really, I didn't go back to them until recently. I don't know if you guys played that game that just came out. Yeah, um, Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, that really was that was a pretty to. good game. I thought so. Yeah, it kind of got me back into it a little bit. So yeah, I'm a fan. I'm like, I'm kind of weirded out by this move too. Like, why do they need to do this? These movies came out 20 years ago. It's and, time. I mean, for it's cash grab time. Yeah, it, no, that's true, but that's what it is. That's like my that, point. I don't have to be into that. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. But there is a, a possibility grab. that it is better than the movies. That it could be. Yeah, I mean, it is HBO. The movies are nostalgic. Sure. Yeah, but that. like, good luck selling our generation. I mean, like, this will be good for younger kids that like maybe haven't seen the movies. But like, good luck selling somebody my age or older who's read the books. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be Harry. My like, theory though is that they make they they're not going to make the show for kids. I don't think. I think they're going to make the show for adults. Harry Potter's going to have sex? Yes. Wow. Yes. In the later book. In the the later later show. In the later season. Because I don't think kids, like, I don't, I've not, you have young kids. Are they super into Harry Potter? They don't even know who he is. That's my point. People that are really into Harry Potter are our age. So by the time the show is coming out, we're going to be, you know, late in our late 30s. They're They're at least my age or older. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like this is going to be a, I'm not saying, it's like there's obviously kids in the beginning, but as they get older, I think the, I think it's going to be a little darker. I'm not like necessarily Game of Thrones maybe, but I do think it's going to be made for our generation less for kids. That they redid uh, Riverdale, where it was an adult reimagining of Archie. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is Uh probably going to be along the lines of that. Yeah. That would Excellent. that would work well. Comparing it to Riverdale really gets me excited. There you go. Harry be fucking no. So <laughs> they also that, they also dem- they also uh, put the trailers out for a couple of things. Uh, the Penguin, uh, the Batman chapter. Oh yeah, that looked that great. Came actually, out. the new True Detective trailer that came that out. Good. Both of those look pretty yeah. solid. Um, and that was like those are some of the big the big headlines from the HBO announcement. But uh, on other HBO news, you're a Succession fan, aren't you, Jake? You watch that? Oh one. yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I feel the like, Succession people going crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that is, so I don't watch Succession. Me, I follow you on Twitter though, and I know you're very uh, you co-sign it very hard, right? Yeah, it's great. You're, you're very excited. How many seasons are there? Four. 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 Yeah. This is the, and this is the final season. What do yep. you love about it so much? Talk to I us, love Jake. the. The dialogue is just great. Like it's so well written. So it's made by this guy, Jesse Armstrong. And then he's got Mark Mylod, who I think was a Game of Thrones guy. It's all these English guys, right? That have this really kind of biting, sarcastic humor, this political sensibility about them that uh, I think is really interesting. And like people, I, I saw the point made recently that it's not an American drama. It's a British comedy disguised as an American drama because it's like these four people and they're all perfectly cast. And um, I, guess, I guess the four kids, you know, Alan Ruck is kind of the fourth kind of kid. He was Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He's like their, their estranged ah, older brother. Yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. um, the dad, Logan Roy, portrayed by, um, portrayed by Brian Cox just an awesome performance. Oh, oh just awesome, really yeah. well written, well acted, very funny. And it's kind of like, I think if you go into it, not taking it overly seriously and not taking it as like, Oh my God, this is like, you know, super amazing at first and allow yourself to be drawn in. 
then you'll eventually get there. Because the first season, maybe the first like four or five episodes, I don't think it totally knows what it wants to be. But mm. by that second, by the second half of the first season, second season, third season, and now it's just been completely clicking for me. It's just yeah. really well made. It, it's pretty great. Is Everyone there, that watches it says now it's like on all. Like, it's yeah. firing on all cylinders. Yeah. yeah, and you really like this season. If no other season told you who everyone in the family of the, in the Roy family was, from the dad. God rest his soul to the kids. Yeah. Like you find out exactly who wow. these people are. So is there a show yeah, you, you root for? Like to? you root for different ones at different times for mm-hmm. different reasons, but like they're all like pretty like maladapted, like not great people. And um, it's interesting because like you, you root for like Kendall, for example, to like figure out his addiction issues. He's yeah. ostensibly the main character and like he keeps falling down these, these rabbit holes that, you know, make it impossible. And you root for Shiv to the daughter to figure out her marriage and she can't. And then like Roman, you know, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's little brother, he's just this like mm-hmm. irredeemable little shit. It's just, it's all really like entertaining. It's uh, it's, you know, it, it does get kind of repetitive in some ways. Like some of the criticisms I totally get, but if you can look past them, I, I you, you would really enjoy it. I think. Nice. Hell yeah. yeah. Is a, is there a show that you would compare it to that feels like it's kind of in the same vein? Like I know that there's obviously like writers that have like shows that kind of all feel like they string together, but I don't know if you guys watch billions, but it's billions yeah. and it yeah. took itself a little bit more seriously and like okay. didn't try to like turn into a cash cow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Definitely watched billions. Didn't end well. And also, yeah, the Billions sim- was like it was good for a little while, but it kind of they sort of ran out of material. Yeah, and they, they started cashing yeah. in like the succession. They're thing. keeping it tight. Yeah. Yeah. But, and how uh, many? So we're halfway through the fourth season, right? So it's almost it's coming to an end. Is it like ten episodes, eight episodes a season? It's I think it's nine, and we're three in now, so almost halfway. Yeah, okay. there's, there's yeah. seven more. The last one will be May twenty eighth. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. my birthday. Yeah, we are nice. quite literally figuring out what's going to happen with the Roy dynasty at this point. All right. Got I it. love it. Got it. All right, Jake, is there anything else that you're watching at the present moment? Like in the last few weeks, is there a show that you keep up with other than like the sports stuff and other than succession? Is there anything else you've got? Like we do a thing at the end of the show, where we call like our watch lists where we kind of just like quickly pitch whatever it is we've been watching, whether it's good or bad. Any, uh, um, is it, I mean, some people just lock into one thing and that's okay. Yeah, latest movie you saw or whatever, whatever. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been on big on the movies lately, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah it's either. just been kind of, kind of succession. I feel like I'm literally always in the middle of a rewatch of like the wire, or the yeah. Sopranos or something. So I'm sure I probably don't have to tell you guys about those. Um, Absolutely. yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy outside of succession. I've been kind of, kind of busy with some other stuff the last couple months, but, uh, yeah, hopefully I can, uh, jump into, you know what? I actually did start, uh, yellow jackets. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Hell yeah. Did you, yeah. uh, you started season one or are you doing, cause I know season two is on right now. Yeah. So I, I saw the season two hype and so I'm probably like two or three episodes into season one and uh, okay. I'm really liking it so far. Okay. So. That's great. Yeah. That's a pretty solid show. Pretty, uh, yeah. pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty I am, my watch list is pretty short this week. I saw John Wick for, I went and saw that okay. in the theaters is entirely too long. If you like John Wick, I'm not saying don't go see I it. I absolutely love John Wick. If you Wick, like John so, Wick, watch it. Yeah. But it's, I do three, agree. it's, it's almost long. three hours. It's entirely too long. The thing but I love about good. John Wick, though, the storytelling is so linear. Yeah. If you miss a part, you know exactly what's going on. Yeah, gonna that's, that's fair. And I, I didn't follow the John Wick comics, and I, sure. I should have. And what I, one little, because one of my gripes in the John Wick universe was, all of this madness is going around and people are just acting like it's normal. So I kind of, kind of did like a deep dive into like the lore of John Wick. And apparently 
that is kind of one of the nuances of the universe is that mm-hmm. assassins are normal. Sure. Like this happens all the time. So the people are just kind of going about their day-to-day lives knowing yeah. that assassins are just kind of yeah, like- It's like Transformers. Yeah, yeah, like any given day, like someone can get your head shot off and yeah. you're just like Trader Joe's. It's like the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, know superheroes yeah, are yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. It, it gave a new perspective and I kind of, I'm going to go back and like watch- the movies again to kind of pick up on that. I thought it was kind of cool. Hell yeah, man. So I'm, I'm excited for John Wick 4. Josh, yeah. can we get that on Plex? Yeah, John Wick 4, dude. Get it on the Plex, Plex bro. Um, Plex it up. I will acquire it from, um, from, legal, from legal sources. There we I'm go. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, you got a Waco. Oh, Love is Waco. Blonde, dude. Oh, oh you, you watched watch Waco? Waco? I watched the Waco. I watched Waco. The documentary or the show? The show. Oh, this is the no, documentary. You got the doc. Even worse? So there's a documentary that's on Netflix. It's a three-part series. It's fine. I don't think it's like a particularly amazing documentary. It's not. Is the show the one? Sorry to cut you no, off. Is the good, show the good. one with uh, with Tim Riggins playing yes. David Koresh? Yes, 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 yes. yes. And yeah. the show is great. Like the, that, he does a really good job. And I think the show is probably a better like. I mean, I don't know. It's documentary, guys. Kind of an unfair comparison, but the show I thought was a little bit better. It's more of a complete story. I felt like whereas the documentary, it's three parts. They're like forty minute episodes, forty five minute episodes, and. It doesn't really dive too deep into the characters outside of the experience at the at Waco, um, so you feel like you kind of like just don't really know who everybody is, and then all of a sudden you're in the firefight, and you really spend three episodes there. So I guess I don't know. It depends on what you're into, but it's fine. It's on Netflix. You know, if you got if you got the subscription, give it a watch. It's an easy watch, but I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it high marks. And then Love is Blind season four, obviously that's big right now. That's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, that talked, ends Sunday. We've talked a lot yeah. about Love is Blind. I've seen a show. little bit of do it. Do you do any trash TV, Jake? Not really. I it's tried okay. to get into Love Island a yep. couple of weeks back and yep. I just, I couldn't, couldn't stay on it. Um, there's just not, not enough time for me. I, I wish it. I could, but Love back Island in the office every day and yeah, not a, not a ton of time for the brain list stuff. So I kind of keep it a little bit more on the prestige side. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with the, uh, the trash TV. No, though. I, I appreciate that. I, I, my wife is huge in a Love Island. I can't get into it, dude. I've tried. I've, I, I've yeah. tried. I have a trash TV show. It's 90 day fiance. That's, that's kind of where you're I pretty live. religious on that. Yeah. It's an easy watch. Sure. It's an easy watch. Yeah. And it's consistent because there's just so many different variations of it. It's on mm-hmm. TV all the time. It's an easy watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's more or less, I think, what my my week has looked like. Anything that's oh, man, I did, outstanding uh, for you? Thanks. Thank you to jo- – well, we didn't record last week. So that's it was right. Shrinking, Snowfall, Mandalorian, which are my consistent oh, Mandalorian. over yeah, the past uh, few weeks. But then last weekend, I was immersed in WrestleMania, uh, which is two nights. Josh, you a wrestling head? Nope, I'm Josh. No, you meant Jake. Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jake, do you do any wrestling? Do you do any wrestling? No, not really. I, I respect it. I wish I had gotten into it when I was younger, but I never did. So I, it kind of feels like that, that train has passed me by. No, don't hold yourself back, bro. You can jump in at any time. Jump in at any okay. time. Anytime. 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 Speaking anytime. of trash TV. Uh, that's, that's, that's my <laughs> yes, trash exactly. TV. Yeah. Speaking of trash TV. Um, and then um, Creed 3. I did Creed 3. Oh, you said which, you weren't going to do that. I, which, I, I said I was not. Was it good or was it bad? I actually enjoyed it. It was oh much better than the first two. Gosh. The boxing was terrible. A lot of CGI, but the story, uh, I was telling Isaiah uh, earlier that I appreciated that the story wasn't cemented in legacy and it was cemented in the characters. Yeah, them, I get Like you. The, the immediate cast. It didn't have anything to do with Rocky yeah. or uh, Apollo. 
it was it was his story that came full circle. Do so, you track okay. boxing at all? Yeah. You do. Jake, do you watch boxing at all? Uh, maybe a big fight here and a there. Nothing fight. crazy. Yeah. Tank, tank I'm kind of the same up, way. Yeah. I don't like track with it like at a deep level, but I'll watch a big fight here and there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I read a uh, read a biography on Ali a couple of years ago. That was that was really awesome. It kind of made me want to get into it, but yeah. I just I haven't really gotten into it yet. I feel like there's like a big. I mean, every sport has a like. There's a big commitment to it, right? Like yeah. there's so much. You got to like consistent boxing. When I hear people talk about boxing, it stresses me out and it intimidates me because there's like so much knowledge. There's and a lot yeah, of boxers. Like there's impossible. a lot of belts. There's yeah. a lot of divisions. Like it's, and I feel like I miss yeah. so much of it too, right? That's like a lot of yeah. the greats have like kind of come mm-hmm. and gone. But the thing oh, about boxing, fast. boxing, and golf are like kind of like the barrier of entry for yeah. information is so high yeah, that it's yeah. like it's a little intimidating. Jake, you're a big like golf you have, guy. You've taken that uh, that space up a lot too. UFC, yeah, a lot yeah. Of people yeah. Are, are UFC that's guys true. now. Yeah, I love UFC. Jake, um, you do the golf thing. You're big on the golf stuff. Yeah, that's probably uh, outside of the football. That's that's my main deal. Uh, really? Probably my favorite sport. Oh, what so, do you think? Yeah. What do you think Hell about yeah. uh, Rom's big win in the Masters, man? He, I loved it, man. I'm a, I'm a big John Rom fan. I love the uh, I love the passion that he shows. I think he's a really good dude and uh, a great champion. And he he really went out there and earned it, man. He was two down. Yeah. He went out there and uh, hit some ballsy shots, especially the one into 14, and uh, really wrapped that thing up on Brooks. Yeah, so man. really so, really fun watch. I think now, the bet I made on him was a plus 300. I got 25. Yeah. I got 150 dollars so, back. Now my question. <laughs> so now my question is: What do you think of uh, Brooks? One, his decision to lead the tour. Two, him not being able to, when it counts, capitalize on those moments. To yeah, really leading the tour that, that that's tough. I, I get that he had his reasons for it. He talked about that on the full swing thing, and then recently a little bit too. He was like, if I had you know been fully healthy, it would have been a much harder decision because uh, the whole thing was like he did. He wasn't going to be one of the live guys when that mm-hmm. rumor mm-hmm. first started circulating. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he got hurt. He lost his confidence and he took the bag. And I think he's re- regretting it a bit now. And we saw it this past weekend um, when he went out there and played well. But to your point, yeah, that last day, it just uh, it didn't look good for him. And now yeah. that's maybe four majors in a row where he's been in the mix on a Sunday and he just hasn't been able to get it done. It's kind of not like the Brooks that we first got to know. You know, it's yeah. a little bit different now. So hopefully for his sake, he can turn that around. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. All right. So I'm going to we'll wrap up. We've been running for an hour here, which is a good it's a good time. So, uh, Jake, thank you so much, man, for being a part of this episode. We really appreciate it. I love talking sports. We got to get you to check in like once every it's 30 very days meaningful. Or I, I like love nerding nice out over that stuff. I'm not as knowledgeable on it, but I love nerding out over it. So, I think really I'm a sports uh, enthusiast until Jake. And then gets you talk on. to somebody yeah. Yeah. who's actually yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Um, Jake, we'll get all your like plugs and stuff, obviously in the show notes and up on the screen, so everybody can you know track that stuff down easily. Um, but again, thank you so much. We really, really thank appreciate you, it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and pause recording and uh, let me let's get everything uploaded and uh, we'll get you on your way. Does that sound good? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, right, thanks cool. a ton, guys. A lot of fun, and uh, yeah, let's do it again soon. Hell yeah, man. Thank you.